This is no movie. Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. The images we see in the middle chapters of Revelation are so horrifying that even the most jaded Hollywood filmmakers can't portray it. The suffering and destruction are beyond human imagination, and yet they will happen. What should be our response to God's overthrow of all human and demonic rebellion? Maybe gratitude. Here's Jim in Revelation 11 for the conclusion of his sermon, The Hour is Come. Look at verse 17. We thank you, Lord God, the Almighty, who is, who was, because you, note, have taken, not will take, not about to take, not might take, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. Look at verse 18. The nations were angry, but your wrath has come. That's, that's a, just a blunt way of saying God doesn't care if the nations get angry. That doesn't impress him. He's not into political correctness. God's God. And that's one of the most difficult things we as Americans struggle with. God is God. And though the nations, the, the Gentiles, the peoples on earth were angry, God's wrath has come. Not will come, has come. Now notice, the time has come for the dead to be judged and to give the reward to your servants, the prophets, to the saints, to those who fear your name, both small and great. Again, and the time has come to destroy those who destroy the earth. Okay, look at chapter 12 and verse 7. When the seventh angel begins to blow his trumpet, then there's war in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought, but he could not prevail. There was no place for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was thrown out, the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the one who deceives the whole world. He was thrown to the earth and his angels with him. Heaven is no longer accessible to our enemy. Notice verse 10. The salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah have now come. Not will come, not is promised, have come. And then notice verse 12. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you with great fury. Watch, because the devil knows he has a short time. Devil's a better student of Scripture than I am. He knows what lies out there ahead. And there's nothing he can do about it. Notice with me, please, uh, down in verse 14. The woman, that's a picture of uh, Israel, the nation of Israel, through whom the Messiah came. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle so that she could fly from the serpent's presence. He's now, he's now on earth. He's locked in on earth, and he is angry. He is miffed. He is angry as all get out. So she could fly from the serpent's presence. I don't know where that is to her place in the wilderness 
where she was fed, was fed, not will be fed, where she was fed for a time, times, and a half time. That's three and a half years. See that? Look at verse 17. The dragon was furious with the woman and left because he couldn't get at her. She's in that special place down there in the, in the wilderness. God's prepared. The dragon was furious with the woman and left the wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony about Jesus. That's telling us that Satan goes on a global campaign against all who keep the commandments of God and who have a testimony about Jesus. They are believers. He goes on a massive global attack to try to destroy them. Chapter 13, number 9. Look at verse, uh, verse 2. The beast I saw, the second part of verse 2. The dragon, that's Satan, gave him, that's the Antichrist, his power, his throne of great authority. One of his heads appeared to be fatally wounded, but his fatal wound was healed. The whole earth was amazed and followed the beast. They worshiped the dragon because he gave authority to the beast. The point here is, this is an unparalleled miracle that Satan has accomplished. I don't know what that is. I, I don't know. I can't tell you the answer. Well, specifically, what is that? I don't know. But it says very clearly that this Antichrist, under the auspices of Satan, has what appeared to be a fatal wound, and he is healed. Is that some kind of um, artificial uh, resuscitation? I don't know. I have no idea. But there it is. And it also occurs two more times in the passage, so it's not something that we should take lightly. In other words, the world is going to be filled with demons, and the demons are going to have unparalleled power and authority to do bad stuff. Let's keep reading. Notice with me, please, down to verse 5. A mouth was given to the Antichrist to speak boasts and blasphemies. He was given authority to act for 42 months. He began to speak blasphemies against God to blaspheme his name his dwelling. Verse 7, he was permitted to wage war against the saints and to conquer them. Sobering. Come with me, please, uh, in, in chapter 13. Come with me up to verse 13. This is the other beast, the false prophet. Verse 13, he performs great signs. That's the same word that's used of Jesus and his miracles. You can literally read that this false prophet performs great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth before people. You remember those two witnesses? You go over to chapter 11. That's one of the authentic miracles the two witnesses did while they were alive. We're here, the bad guys have the power to duplicate that. Talk about deception. Talk about, it, it's, it's going to be something else. It says, he deceives those who live on the earth because of the signs that he is permitted to perform on the behalf of the beast. Telling them to make an image of the beast who had the sword wound yet lived. There it is again. Now this false prophet was permitted to give a spirit 
to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast could both speak and cause whoever would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Verse 17. No one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. See that? Come over to chapter 14. And again, I'm, I'm reading these to try to create an impression of what God puts up here on this billboard. They're not necessarily connected A, B, C, D. They're just up there. There they are. There they are. Look over in chapter 14, please. And this angel flies to the mid-heavens, and he spoke with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of God's judgment has come. Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of God's judgment has come. Not will come. Not just around the corner. It's here. Verse 8, a second angel followed, saying, It is fallen. It has fallen. Babylon the great has fallen, who made all nations drink the wine of her sexual immorality, which brings wrath. More about that in a minute. Just notice that statement. The angel there announces that Babylon, this great system of world government, under the auspices of the devil, the antichrist, the false prophet, it has fallen. That's what it says. Now, drop down with me, please, to verse 13. This is chapter 14, verse 13. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. I used to use that in funeral services. I don't do that anymore. You know what that's saying? That's saying to die is the best thing a believer can experience during this period. It's a blessed thing to be delivered from this old world under this oppressive global system of evil, deception, corruption. And God says it's a blessing. Happy is the believer who is permitted to be released from this life on earth during this period of time. Blessed. Spirit says, yes, let them rest from their labors, for their works follow them. Drop down with him, please, to verse, also in chapter 14, verse 17. Another angel came out of the sanctuary, crying out in a loud voice to the one who was seated on the cloud. Use your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come. Not next week, not next month, not next year. It's here. What a picture that God, who owns the earth like a vineyard, is going to claim the harvest. The time to reap has come, since the harvest of the earth is ripe. So the one seated on the clouds swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. Verse 19. So the angel swung his circle toward the earth and gathered, his, gathered the grapes from earth's vineyard. And he threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. I don't think that's a, that's a fun place to be. 
Then the press was trampled outside the city, that's reference to Jerusalem, and blood flowed out of the press up to the horses' bridles for about 180 miles, which is the distance from Armageddon down through the Valley of Jezreel alongside of the Jordan Valley, all the way down to the east side of the city of Jerusalem. And I've read a couple of commentaries that try to say, it can't possibly be that much blood. It just must mean that it's, there's so much blood and so many people that are killed that the blood splat, splattered all over the horses up to the horses' bridles. Well, that's not what it says. Blood flowed out of the press up to the horses' bridles. I'm not sure I could come up with a more horrible situation. Well, uh, let, me, let me give you one or two more. Notice with me, please, uh, chapter 16, chapter 16, and look at verse 12. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Kings from the east. In scripture, geography is always in relationship to the land of Israel. East would be Afghanistan, India, China, Japan. That would be the kings of the east. So there are peoples living over there, and this particular six bowl activates these demonic spirits. And the first thing they do is they dry up the river bed of the great river Euphrates so that, so that it prepared the way for the kings from the east. And then he talks about, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming from the dragon's mouth, beast's mouth, the mouth of the false prophet. They are spirits of demons performing Miracles, that's what the word is, signs, signos, miracles, who travel to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for the battle of the great day of God, the Almighty, and they assembled, verse 16, at Armageddon. Got time for one more? Verse 17. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air. A loud voice came out of the sanctuary from the throne saying, it is finished. There were lightnings, rumblings, thunders. A severe earthquake occurred like no other since man has been on the earth. So great was the quake. The great city split into three parts and the cities of the nations fell. Babylon the great was remembered in God's presence. He gave her the cup filled with the wine of his fierce anger. Every island disappeared. The mountains disappeared. Enormous hailstones, each weighing about 100 pounds, fell from heaven on the people and they blasphemed God. Those 22 passages pound one message. You don't want to be here. People who are here don't want to be here. No escape for them. That last 42 months 
will be horrible, just absolutely horrible. And the writer of Scripture, God himself, has given us this, this, this careful potpourri of events, miracles, judgment during the last 42 months. Next week, we'll take a look. What happens in the narrative is one of the seven angels saw John scratching his head and said, hey, John, I know this is overwhelming. Come here. Let me, let me take you over here and show you the judgment of the great, the great prostitute. And that's what happens in chapter 17, 18, 19. We'll look at that next week. And we'll look at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ and the establishment of his kingdom on our earth. Our Father in heaven, this is not pretty. Jesus said that when it comes to the day of his return, no man knows the day or the hour, only the Father. And he meant that the Father knows. It's on your calendar, almighty God. It's been there since the foundation of the earth was laid. It's been there waiting for your command to execute. When finally sin and all sinners who reject your grace will experience your wrath. You tell us over and again in your word that you take no delight in the death of the wicked. You're not mean, you're not angry in the sense that we often get angry. You are patient, you're gentle, you're gracious. You are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But ultimately, man is responsible, woman is responsible for their choice to either accept the salvation you provide as a gift paid for in full by the sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. We either accept that or we don't. If we do, you give us the gift of eternal life, prepare a place for us in heaven, and we'll take us there in resurrection bodies to live with you forever and ever and ever. One of your prophets wrote, in that place, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Lord, our world is in a drunken stupor, pleasure, sensationalism, all kinds of lies that the adversary is promoting and disguising as truth. But there will be a day when truth will have its moment and every man, woman, boy and girl who's ever been conceived in a human womb will give an answer to the Creator God who gave them life. My friend, tonight if, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, please understand that's not a religious idea, that's a truth idea. That's not something that changes with man's opinion. It's not something that fluctuates with the weather. It's not something that God's 
hot and cold about it's the awesome truth that God who is our creator created us in his image and he is holy and he cannot abide in fellowship with those who choose darkness rather than light and who choose selfish rebellion rather than humble submission. So my dear friend, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, don't wait until you understand it all. My goodness. Only in heaven will you understand it all. The only thing you really need to understand is that Jesus is God who became a man to take your place and to pay the penalty for your sin. So that God can be gracious to you and give you pardon, forgiveness, and cleansing. And give you a share in his eternal life. And a place in his home forever. Now if you choose not to do that. If you choose not to do that. Don't be shocked. When you face the wrath of that offended God. It is the most serious and sober decision you must make in all your life. Please, trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess to him your sin. Thank him for his mercy and grace. And begin to walk with him in the joyful experience of being born by his spirit and having eternal life. By your spirit, Father, bless your word, I pray. Bless these dear friends. They are so gracious, so accommodating, so supporting. Thank you for them. And I pray that your word would go out over the Airways clearly, understandably, that neighbors and friends would hear the truth and would dare to trust Jesus Christ as Savior. We ask this for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. You don't want to be here, and you don't have to be here when the age of grace is over and the time of God's wrath has arrived. This was a hair-raising message from Jim in three parts. We looked at 22 announcements on the Divine Bulletin Board, just skimming the surface to get the big picture. The sermon is called, The Hour is Come. We offer the message on CD for your gift of $7 or more. Our series of helpful tips on reading the book of Revelation is entitled, With John on the Isle of Patmos. We're offering the CD album for your donation of $34 or more. That's nine discs. If you're wondering who keeps the lights on here, it isn't a denominational budget or anything like that. Right Start depends on individual Christians like you who respond to the still small voice of the Spirit and give. To everyone currently praying and giving, thank you. We don't take your help for granted at all. And if you'd like to get involved, please jot down our mailing address. It's Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085 USA or call us at 1-800-984-2313 that's 800-984-2313 and click over to rightstartradio.org you can play or download hundreds of Pastor Jim's sermons there 
either unedited or packaged in the radio show format. The Right Start podcast is the show on the go. We'll link you to iTunes for that. You can make a secure donation on our website and even email us. And we will not spam you for connecting with us at rightstartradio.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. This is Friday. On Monday, we'll think about three women who shaped the world. Enjoy your weekend, and please join us to begin next week with a right start. Right Start.